0: My mother was a woman of tremendous integrity. My mother was curious, protective, protective, unflappable, loyal, complicated, powerful, honest, lyrical. She is devoted, resilient, dazzling, giving,
1: extraordinary. She was a silver lining seeker, right? So she was a person that would say, I never had to get old. I never had to have ailments. I felt good every day of my life.
0: This is Our Mothers, Ourselves, and I'm Katie Semro, filling in for Katie Hafner as your host this week. Hi, Brittany. Thanks so much for talking with me today about your mom. Thank you for having me. You're really welcome. I was really excited that you agreed to do this because when I was thinking about you know, really great moms. Your mom totally came to mind. And I need to disclose that I've known you for a really long time. We met when we were six and we were best friends growing up. Yeah. So I know you and I knew your mom really well as well. And so it's really exciting to me to have this opportunity to chat about her.
1: Oh, so wonderful. I'm so excited to chat about it. So um, yeah, if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and your mom. Okay, so my name is Brittany Zaccanini, and I live in the Chicago suburbs where I grew up, and I'm married yeah. to my husband. Um, we met at college, and so we've been together for a very long time now, it seems. <laughs> yeah. And um, we have two boys. They just turned nine and 11, and oh. I know, I just cannot believe it. Yeah. Um. So my mom, her name was Linda Steed Heidenreich. And she grew up in the Milwaukee suburbs. And then when she married my dad, they moved to Chicago where we were raised. Okay, excellent. And if you were
0: describing your mom to someone who never met her, how would you describe her?
1: My mom is outgoing. She will make you feel like you are the most important person in the room. She (laughs) is warm, friendly, funny, Um, she is so hardworking and kind and just really cares about other people.
0: And if you had to boil that down to one word, what word would you use?
1: Oh, my word. (gasps) One word. (laughs) Um, I would say loving. I feel like everything she did was out of love, even though she was Mm -hmm. so driven in her career. Um, Mm -hmm. She always said she worked so hard so that we could have a good life. It was her love for us.
0: Yeah. And I think it ties into that, what you said at the beginning of how she wanted everyone to feel like they were the most important person in the room.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah.
0: That's a really good way of putting it because she definitely made you feel like, you know, you were special
1: even no matter what. No matter what. And like, no matter your personality or your background, um, she just made you feel so special. Yeah,
0: she did. She really had that that going. So tell me a little bit about your mom's childhood, starting with where she was born and what she was like as a little girl.
1: So my mom grew up in Milwaukee to my grandparents, Bill and Darlene. Um, She worked really hard in school. She would always tell my brother and I that we were lucky that academics came easy to us, where she said that <laughs> she had to work really hard. Um, okay. And she always talks about really helping her mom around the house and doing chores. And again, I don't know if she's saying this so that we <laughs> would work really hard around the house. Um, but she seemed to, um, you know, she was the oldest of three. So she had a sister okay. and a brother. Um, When definitely the oldest child, you know, very take charge, very leader, um, always seemed to have really good morals and values and would encourage the family to go to church and things like that. So a very good childhood.
0: Okay. And do you know much about her relationship with her mom? I know your grandma Steed was... Kind of a glamorous grandmother. I mean, I remember her with her red hair, and <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> what was that relationship like?
1: That is such a good question. So we called her <laughs> Grandma Jaja because there was literally a diamond on every finger, and yes, the bright red hair. My mom would say, yeah. "Mom, your hair is not red; it's orange. It was just <laughs> electric." Yeah, and I think my grandmother always. Um, kind of even looked up to my mom because my mom was just okay. very like classy and hardworking. And yeah. I think they had a really good relationship um in that way. And I think my mom was such a good kid that she made things easy for my grandmother.
0: Cool. Okay. So she's a hardworking kid, and then she grows up. And now, do I remember right? There's something about a beauty queen. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. So she did. That is so funny. You have such a good memory. She went to college at Oshkosh in Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. And she was Miss Oshkosh, which I'm not really sure if there was like a pageant. There is a crown that I do have. So apparently, there was a whole, you know, ceremony um, and an article drawn up. And then um, she did meet a man that Mm -hmm. she married. Um, Mm -hmm. So she was in college, I think for two years and, you know, did not get a degree, but would later you know rib my dad that she made more money despite his two degrees. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know a ton about this person. She married him okay. um, for a few years. she she told us maybe when we were like 11 and 13 about this. Mm-hmm. So we really hadn't known um, about this past for a long time, um, yeah. that she married him for a few years. He came from a very wealthy family and they lived in a very okay. upscale suburb of Milwaukee. And, okay. um, she did say that the, the, the marriage was abusive, which right. physically, yeah. at least yeah. not physically. So right. we don't know really any details other than that, that she, but she did leave him and mm-hmm. get out of that situation. And they never had children, Um, so, I mean, I think now being an adult and knowing that story, there's just a great amount of compassion that comes along with it.
0: Totally. Yeah. Okay. So she, do you
1: know if she was working during that time or? So I think she was working with, um, kind of an early real estate, like leasing apartments and things like that. Um, and then her and her girlfriend went out to a bar and they would, maybe like a dance club, because this is the 70s. Um, And she would, they would sit at the entrance and kind of scope out everyone that came in. And in walks my dad with his cousin. And they kind of had their eyes on him. And it turned out that my dad went on a date with my mom's friend. (laughs) <laughs> and then after that didn't go so well my mom kind of said well can I go out with him and the rest is history <laughs> right excellent okay so this, that was after
0: she had gotten divorced from the first guy. yes there and were, were years in between okay.
1: yes yeah. for sure okay
0: and so how long does it take before they're married
1: So I think they dated for a few years and they were engaged. And my dad was an engineer and he had a great engineering job in Milwaukee um, and they got engaged. And my mom saw an ad in the paper for a job position, an engineering position in Paris. And my mom thought, this is perfect. This is great. Let's go live in Paris. So without telling my dad, she submitted his resume to this company in Paris. And a few weeks later, my dad comes home and he said, you will never believe it. I just got an interview for this job in Paris. And my mom was like, oh my goodness, that's incredible. That sounds like a great adventure. (laughs) So, he ends up getting the job, and they moved to Paris right after their wedding. Now, did she tell him? <laughs> I think did she later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think she wanted to see if he would get the job, and then right. say, okay, well, I kind of did that. And <laughs> it was really smart, very savvy. The- This is what you're getting into, just so you know. Yes, exactly. This is the start of our marriage. So there's a lot more adventure to come. Totally. So well, they had a wonderful experience, my dad really enjoyed his job there after, I think it was actually a full year. I think um, it ended up being a year. She was just ready to come home. So
0: yeah. They come back from Paris. Now, when do your brother and you appear on the scene?
1: Okay. So in, you know, years had kind of a few years had gone by and they really wanted kids and they just couldn't get pregnant. And they went to multiple doctors and specialists. And again, this is mid 70s. So I don't think the fertility, I mean, it's definitely not what it is today. Um, right. But they were just – the doctor just said, you guys, just. there's just no way. You have problems But both of you. There's no way that you can have kids. So right. my mom does what any woman in crisis does. She goes and gets a nose job. <laughs> <laughs> so she, I think she was just depressed, and she thought, you know, I always haven't liked my nose. She had some breathing issues, you know, deviated septum mm-hmm. or – how you say it. And she, at the time they would put like cocaine packets in your sinuses oh and you take all this medication. Well, turns out she was pregnant oh while she had the operation. Cause she just thought there's no way this right. can't happen. And I think the pregnancy was so fearful. And my dad has actually since brought over some videos like on, you know, that you project onto the wall of my mom pregnant and she just looks beautiful and happy and glowing. And, but I mean, she was definitely researching the problems that it could have had. And spoiler alert, even though I would say my brother has problems (laughs) he's a genius. He's perfect. It was fine. Yeah. So just that new mother anxiety, um, but motherhood suited her really well. And they were just so happy that they could have won. And I think she thought, I don't think it'll happen again. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't press my luck. And sure enough, I was born 20 months later. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So tell me more about her as a, as a mom. You know, when you were a little girl, what kind of mom was she like?
1: Yeah. So she was just so enthusiastic I mean, I feel like she made everything special. Like, it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> there were cards and balloons and um, little gifts and parties. And, mm-hmm. and it didn't have to cost a lot of money. It was just kind of the effort that was put into it. Mm-hmm. That every birthday, every Christmas just felt so special and so big. Um mm-hmm. I remember my 13th birthday, She, I came home from school and she filled the foyer with balloons with long strings. And, you know, as like a young teenager, you just think yeah. it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Even though she was very busy in her career, she always made time for us. And we always felt oh. like we were the priority. Okay.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what she did for work.
1: Yeah. So her career is kind of funny looking back. Before they had kids. My mom was actually the director at a cemetery. And <laughs> there was like this article written up that my dad, you know, still has, we found it. And there's like a black and white picture. And, you know, you think, what, that is such a strange job, especially if yeah. you're not in like, usually, it seems like a family business. Um, right. I don't know how she got the job. But she, it makes sense, though. It was like, she was so compassionate and caring mm-hmm. for people. And like, Good at coordinating and, yeah, um, really just caring for families. So she did yeah. that, and then um, she did do real estate. And then mm-hmm. when we were in elementary school, she went to um, you know, those like multi-level marketing companies. There was this one called mm-hmm. Discovery Toys, and when I was in kindergarten, she went to this party, and her and our neighbor mom friend, um, they just bought a bunch of toys for us. They were educational toys, and um. Then they they looked at each other and they said, let's host a party and it'll cover the cost of what we just all spent. You know, this will be really right. good. So they host a party and it was like on a Friday night. And then on Monday morning, they get a call from the president of the company who said, is this Linda Heidenreich? And she said, yes. She said, you had the highest grossing party of anyone in the past month. <laughs> and they wow. had no idea because they didn't know what to compare it to. Right, right. So she just laughed, and then that turned into a career, and she later became Mm -hmm. like a director of marketing at this company, and um, loved it. So then after that, um, when I was in about second grade, she launched kind of a similar corporate model of a company for clothing, and again, being an art major, she likes. Like sketched out all the designs. They found um, a woman in Kansas who was their sewer, and everything was made in the USA. And her business mm-hmm. partner was someone from Discovery Toys, so they had a similar background. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they launched this clothing company, and it ended up being so successful. She yeah. loved it, but like any company where you are the CEO, you work right. long hours. So she yeah. poured everything into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I I wonder, kind of looking back, how do you see her thoughts about work and motherhood and how she fit those two things together?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I think, um, like I kind of said earlier, she would always say, like, I do this for you guys so that we can go on trips and have experiences and that we can have a really good life. But I do think she is an achiever. You know, she Mm. really was driven and wanted to be successful. And so I feel like with motherhood, like she did a really good job of making us feel special and included and mm-hmm. cared for in every way. Um, but mm-hmm. it was definitely a juggling act, you know, her working till nine o'clock yeah. at night. Thankfully my right. dad had a job close by where he was home at five and coached our sports and doing all that. So yeah. she definitely worked a lot. For sure. During that time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like, like you said, like she still managed to make you guys feel special. Like you weren't, you didn't feel neglected.
1: Never. Um, No.
0: Yeah. And, and yet she was still able to do her own thing for herself. Do you feel like she did much like self-care kind of stuff? Like, I know we talk about that a lot now. I don't remember thinking about that as a kid, but.
1: You're right. We never put it into those words of like, we're doing self-care. No, and I feel like my dad would get her a massage at, you know, the spa and she would never use it. Like she would just be like, I don't find that relaxing. Um so I get that and I think I mean we joke around like now my husband and I still talk about this that my mom would come home so late after a long day of work and she would You know, play with the dog or chat about our days. Sometimes she would vacuum. You know, we're like, it's 10 o'clock at night. I know. How does she have this much energy? I remember that. She was standing there ironing. (laughs) Yes, she ironed our sheets. She ironed everything. And they did, my parents did have um, a big balance of responsibilities. So my dad did the grocery shopping, my dad did the laundry, and then my mom would iron it. Um, But, yeah, I think they really relied on each other more as a partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they just kind of made it work. Like she would somehow manage to get it all done and still make us feel like we were just the most special people on earth.
0: Yeah. How do you see, you know, the way that she mothered you influencing the way that you mother your
1: boys? Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. So, I am so thankful that I had the mom that I did because I get to kind of replicate that with my kids. And she was such a words of affirmation person building us up. Mm -hmm. And I love Mm -hmm. to do that to my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And she had this way, and I'm still trying to figure this out, of like, (laughs) it's like having high expectations for us without Mm -hmm. us feeling the pressure of it. So my brother and I, we just strived for perfect grades and straight A's and Mm -hmm. trying our best, but she wasn't breathing down her neck about it. You know, we would come home Mm -hmm. and say, we got an A on the test and, you know, we got this on the ACT and she was, she would celebrate it with us, but I'm still figuring out how to do that with the kids of having these high expectations without, um, them feeling the pressure or the overwhelm of it. Um, Yeah
0: without any disappointment coming in.
1: Yes. Because even when there would be like a B or something and I would be nervous, she would be like, well, did you do your best? That's all that matters. So I find myself saying a lot of the same phrases that she would say, you know, to my kids. Mm -hmm. And as long as you try your best, that's what matters. And um, I do think, too, like she did work so much that there is part of me that, doesn't feel that, that same amount of drive that she has, um, Mm -hmm. career wise. So I think like, you know, I do feel like she was there for us fully, but I would have Mm -hmm. loved to have her there a little more. And so I feel like that with my kids that I really want that face time with them and to spend time. And especially as they're getting their nine and 11 and especially as, you know, they say the bigger, the kid, the bigger, the problems, Right. Um right it gets a little yeah. more complicated the older they get and i yeah. i do feel like there were times where she was so immersed in work that she didn't know what was going on and we could kind of handle it um right. so i don't know with my kids i think i'm a little more intentional about that time and that nurturing yeah. um so yeah maybe yeah. that's a difference yeah okay so
0: i and i realized this might be I don't know how difficult this might be to talk about. I, I feel like I emotionally it might be harder for me to talk about, <laughs> um, but for you. Um, so do you mind talking about how she died?
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll back up just a little bit. So sure. after the clothing company, she got into real mm-hmm. estate, which okay. I think this part is really important because it just shows that – no matter you know what's going on in your life, you can always pivot. And mm-hmm. the clothing company kind of kind of came to a rough rough end. She find out found out that the partner was embezzling embezzling money and things like oh, that. Gosh. And oh, so it was a very stressful time for my parents. And my mom said, "You know, I'll just go back into real estate. i I was into that. I had my license when we got married. And so Mm -hmm. she got into that and it was just neat to see her. I remember quizzing her when I was in eighth grade and just that practice of having to learn material and then take a test on it and being rusty with that. But she got it and she passed right away and she joined a real Mm -hmm. estate firm and she ended up, um, opening her own with a partner eventually. And, She was like the new hire mentor. You know what I mean? Like she was the person Mm -hmm. that someone is coming in new. And she really was like the mom to these people that are new in their career. And I loved watching her in that career because she would tell me about her clients and she Mm -hmm. just cared for them so well. And I just remember this one client, like she would just say, I want to get them into the best home in their budget. And so she Mm -hmm. got them into the home and he said, oh, it would be so nice to put a TV there. But you know, that's not in the budget yet. And, of course, who shows up on closing day with a TV? My mom. So it was just like these little ways that she cared for people. And she kind of got to this point in her career. So she was in her 50s. And I remember her saying, this is the best so far, like of my life. Like she was at, you know, at the point when you're in your career that you feel like you've kind of mastered it. I mean, I have yet to get there with anything, but (laughs) she really (laughs) felt that way about real estate. Like she knew how to negotiate the best deal. She knew Mm. the best locations to look for. My mom was like, I have the best (laughs) career. I have the best dog. She like (laughs) loved her car. My brother and I were out of college, both in careers. Like, I think she just, and she was so happy. Like, I think she Mm -hmm. just felt so good about everything. So to kind of fast forward, so that's kind of to set the setting. Um, I was 23 and she was 54. And a couple years back, she had gone to the cardiologist. And like you Mm -hmm. and I had just said, she was like the energizer rabbit, you know, would work all day, (laughs) vacuum, clean, iron, do all the things. And they said there was, and again, this is not medical speak, I don't exactly know, something wrong with Mm -hmm. one of the valves of her heart. Okay. And, of course, being a mother, what do we do? We we present things to our kids in a way to minimize it, right? To make it be like, it's all fine. It's all good. (laughs) It's going to be fine. And yeah. she, but she did go out and buy all new luggage and she's like, I'm going to travel the world. And I'm gonna, and we were like, wow, okay. okay. And again, I think none of us took it super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we just thought that she would need a surgery. They said in a few years, and again, it was something that was being closely monitored. And then, um, fast forward, you know, a little bit, I was newly engaged to my husband mm-hmm. And my mom was so excited and she loved my husband more so than any guy I dated before. <laughs> she was just like, there's something so special about him. He's just got a sparkle in his eye. And and then it was July 22nd, 2004. And that morning we went wedding dress shopping and I found the dress right away. And so we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Let's go out to lunch to celebrate. So we went out to lunch and then... Um, We had another wedding appointment, but we canceled it because we're like, we already found the dress. So we go home. And then that night, my husband had something with work in the city, like a social event. So I kissed my mom goodbye. Like she always made us say, I love you and kiss her goodbye, Mm. which again, I'm so glad she did. And we, my husband and I went downtown and I got a call um, from my dad. He's like, you need to come to the hospital. So we were just like, what is wrong? Like we had no idea. And honestly, we weren't even thinking like, heart condition. Like, I think he even said like there was an accident, you know? So we were just like, what? Like she was staying home that night. I think she had wanted us to stay home. She was like, Oh, you're going to the city. Like she just loved us being together. And so I, um, rushed to the hospital and we walk in and I said, this is who we're here to see Linda Heidenreich. And they like put us in the dreaded room. And the social worker said, she died. And I remember screaming at the top of my lungs and like falling on the floor. And my husband was there and there was just so much shock and anguish. And, you know, looking back, you wonder what's worse. You know, you hear people whose parents are sick for so long and they're almost ready to let them go because they're like, you just don't want them to suffer. But then, this yeah. situation, it literally shocks your body. And I think right. some days I'm still shocked. Like, how yeah. can someone be so healthy, seeming, vivacious, yep. have so much life, and then just die? And so, I mean, later in years, I think it created anxiety for me because you think, well, the worst Mm -hmm. thing already happened, so anything could happen, right? (laughs) Right, 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 yeah. Right. So um, it was just so shocking for everyone that knew her, you know, and she was a silver lining seeker, right? So she was a person that would say, you know… I never had to get old. I never had right. to have ailments. I felt good every day right. of my life. And she lived completely fully all of those years. You know, she never half yeah. lived. So totally. there's part of that that gives you a piece. And I always say, I'd rather have her for 23 years than, you know, other people that yeah. have a strained relationship with their mom for a hundred years. Right. right. So that's kind of how everything happened.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that she she definitely sees the day all the time. So
1: yes, it was know, carpe if, diem every yeah, day.
0: Exactly. And if her candle burnt out a little bit faster, well, at least you know, at least she was going out strong,
1: right? And that so. she had instilled so many things in us and given us so many words of wisdom throughout the years that you don't realize until it kind of comes into play, or until you're a yeah. mother, and then yeah. you realize like, oh. Yeah, she really taught us so much over the years. And, you know, while it's still so sad, it's still so hard because you're like, she's missing out. But again, her faith was strong. I have a strong faith. So I know Mm -hmm. I will see her again. You know, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you because of your mother? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. I feel like most of me is because of my mother. I guess it's the whole like, (laughs) nurture nature conversation. Um, And I think for me, it's definitely both. I feel like there's parts of me that are so much like her. Um, I feel like, like here's an example, our best friend's um, house just burned down two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I just knew right away. I just had a feeling it was their family. I saw the sirens on her street. She lives perpendicular to me and it was a grilling accident. And she has four oh. kids and they were all out and they were all okay. And I remember just saying, it's just things, it's just things. And, you yeah. know, just jumping into action as, as a friend and a caretaker basically fulfilling needs. That is so my mom is just identifying needs. And I also think yeah. too, like, just really, um, when I was in college, my mom would send me a card, a greeting card, nearly every single day day. So I would get mail and she would sometimes put money in it and say buy yourself a coke, you know, as a 20. Yeah. And, um <laughs> right. she would send us these cards, my brother and I, and I would put them on my wall in college and my whole wall by the end of the year was just papered. And it was beautiful. It looked like a mosaic and it was just papered with mm-hmm. these beautiful greeting cards and it was just kind of like I still have those now. Um, and I Mm -hmm. love to kind of read back and think about that. Um, and it's just like such a good reminder that small gestures can go a a long way. Um, and just like loving people really well. Um, so I Mm -hmm. feel like I try to do that because she did that. Um, Mm -hmm. the way that she just like made us feel loved. I feel like that with my boys and I know that they feel so loved by me. Um, and wanting to spend time together and things like that. Um, and then optimism. My mom was a problem solver. It wasn't, you know, one thing I do yeah. do differently with my kids is she would be like, don't cry. Don't cry. You can't cry. Move on. And now I realize that's not healthy. <laughs> you have to. And, you know, I love one of my friends said, you can cry. You can be sad, but you just can't stay there. You know, you can experience those emotions, but you can't stay there. And I do feel like my mom was like a problem solver. So it would be like, okay, what can we change? What can we not change that we just have to accept? And then how do we move forward? And I feel like that is such a good tool with dealing with your kids, with their problems and like acknowledging their emotions and say, okay, well, what can we change? You know, how can we move forward? Um, So I feel like that's a big part of it too.
0: Yeah. Wonderful.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking with me.
0: It's been so much fun to talk about your mom. Thank you
1: for having me. I love that you, I just still always love talking to people that knew her um, and just understand her on that level. It's hard explaining to her, to her, to someone who hasn't met her. um, Yeah. She is just so larger than life.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Our Mothers, Ourselves. Our theme music is composed and performed by Andrea Perry. Paula Mangin is our artist-in-residence. Today's show was produced by me, Katie Semro. Katie Hafner is our executive producer. Our Mothers, Ourselves is a production of Odra Deck Studios in San Francisco. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Tell me, tell me, mama, what do I got to do?